CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Right now on Options Action, two different takes on consumer discretionary spending, which will prevail and how should you hedge. Then, with earnings season in full swing, we've hit a double for you, Disney and NVIDIA. One's in the middle of a corner office shakeup, the other's just way up to the tune of around 50% already this year. And finally, featured trader Kevin Kelly joins us with a post-earnings play on a winning biotech name. I'm Dominic Chu, and for Melissa Lee tonight, this is Options Action Live from the NASDAQ market site right here on Times Square, New York City. On the desk tonight, Mike Coe, Carter Worth, and Brian Stutland, as you can see there. The Groundhog says we're getting six more weeks of winter, but earnings season is in full bloom on Wall Street. Check out some of the names on deck to report results. PayPal, Disney, Uber, PepsiCo, all ready to deliver results next week. So let's drill down on what we can expect out of some of those stocks. We'll kick it off with Uber. It's been a five-star rating start for the year for the ride-sharing stock. Shares are up more than 30%. So, Mike Coe, what do you think about Uber? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, it's been a spectacular beginning to the year. It's been a big run that we've seen this week. I think it's up 7% or so just since Wednesday. The options market right now is implying a move of about 11% by the end of next week after they report earnings. But a lot of the flow we saw in the options market this week was bullish. The biggest coming in the weekly 32 and a half calls that expire at the end of the next week. We saw a good size buy of nearly 8,000 of those. The buyer paid about $1.18. Obviously, the stock's a little bit higher. So if you're looking to play something similar, probably have to go up a dollar or so in strikes. But it seems like the flow is bullish. All right. The flow is bullish. Carter Worth, what do you think? I, I don't think you could find a better chart. Um, this is a stock that bottomed uh, before the market and never made an October low. And what we know is uh, while that low was 20, we've moved above the well-defined downtrend line in effect uh, for the past year. I like it a lot. All right. Brian Stutland, what do you think? Well, I think the key word you see in that option flow is bought. Uh, we've been seeing buyers of all kinds of options all week long, people wanting to take shots either to the upside when they're buying calls or to the downside and buying puts. And guess what? The market has realized these moves. So it absolutely makes sense that this trader is trying to buy calls and play the upside. I know they're predicting a tremendous move and the options are rather expensive. But hey, like Carter mentions on this chart, we break out to the upside. That could be a big move up there. All right. So, guys, one name that has not had such a great start to the year is PepsiCo. Shares are down more than 6%. Brian, what's your take? Is this PepsiCo or is this consumer staples in general? Well, it's definitely down a little bit of both. I mean, when you talk about Pepsi, there's just been such a huge rotation from from consumer staples to names like Uber into consumer discretionary. And so here's a name that sort of, you know, struggled around and moved around in a little bit of a range to start the year. It obviously hung in there terrific last year and in an inflationary environment. Pepsi's good. Maybe if we're sort of coming out of here and the Fed is done raising rates, people are taking shots on growth names and whatnot. And so Pepsi sort of seems to be the laggard here. And, and you know, some of the activity we're seeing in the options market is, is indicating that. All right, Mike Coe, what do you think about PepsiCo? 
Yeah, I mean, 24 times, not a real grower. I mean, some of the currency headwinds are probably starting to abate more recently as uh, we've seen the Dixie fall a little bit. But still, it's, uh, you know, it's not cheap. Certainly, it's not cheap compared to the market and some other names. And if we're in a more risk-on uh, world, then you're not going to pay 24 times for this when you can get a better grower at 19 times. And we did see a lot of puts going up to June purchase this week. All right. Let's broaden it out to some larger groups here. Transportation stocks climbing nearly 14 percent so far this year. Carter Worth, do those transports continue higher? Well, we have a circumstance here just from the January low where the Dow Jones transportation average versus the Dow Jones industrial average. The industrials are up six, excuse me, the transports are up six X what the industrials are, which is to say there's been a huge move. We know it's a price weighted index, ODFL being the big weight. Um, I think you faded here. It's just a little bit of too much of a good thing back to a difficult level. I mean, it's been a momentum trade there for sure. Mike Coe, what do we think about the transports? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. We saw a lot of big bearish flow in a couple transport names. First in the airlines, AAL, American Airlines. So they have a big leased fleet. And of course, we are seeing increases in capacity there. That is a bit of a challenge. And they continue to have some you know, issues with uh, obviously increasing wages and, and you know, finding employees really is, is one of their challenges. We also saw some big bearish bets on the freight side in trucking, KNX was the name where we saw that. And that, of course, we see a lot of trucking rates. Those continue to decline. And that's uh, obviously not a good uh, situation for them either. And, and of course, they're both constituents of the transports. All right. So, Brian Stutland, what do we think about those transportation stocks? And, and, and also, do we think it tells us anything about the broader market? It does a little bit in the sense that we feel like maybe, you know, the market's ready to move higher here. We saw AAL, again, the word bought, meaning, you know, they're buying options here. To me, that seems like a hedge trade to the downside, and it's a perfect trade. Things like this IYT that maybe seems to be overextended here, those are sort of names where you can sort of buy this put, keep yourself hedged if you don't want to get out of these stocks, and certainly pick up some cheap premiums potentially should we move back down lower on this side, because this is certainly an area that seems a little bit overextended. You talk about you know, IYT is very overweight, a lot of transportation freight type names. And if you're not very bullish on freight, which I'm not, uh, then buying puts in certain names, AAL being the airlines industry, probably makes sense. All right. That ETF is already up 14 percent just since the beginning of the year. Finally, let's talk about retail. A number of names delivering results next week. Mattel, Under Armour, Tapestry, Capri. They run the full gamut there across the spectrum for consumers. Mike, what do you make of the group? Yeah, I mean, as a group, we saw some real bullish, uh, bearish flows, excuse me. The uh, March 66.60 put spread traded in size, 10,000 block there. And I think this is just basically a general sense that, uh, you know, the numbers that we could be getting out of them are a little bit disappointing. We're coming out of almost, uh, you know, the halcyon days for retail that we saw coming out of the pandemic. Uh, almost every retailer benefiting from that, except maybe Amazon, if we think about it. Uh, but it does seem like the sentiment for the group going into these earnings is not positive. All right, uh, Carter, what do we think about the charts on, on retail? Yeah, just too hot. I mean, it's whether you look at it fundamentally or just from the point of view of money flow, we've we've had a huge bounce, uh, massive uh, relative performance. But you can see there on the chart after bouncing off of trend, we're right back to a difficult level, uh, similar to Apple in that sense. I would fade it here. All right, Brian, what do we think? 
Well, I think what's really interesting about the options trades that Mike, you know, pointed out here is that it sort of captures a hedge against that 66 to 60 level, that gap where it's starting to form a base and looks like it's breaking out. So to me, that's a great structure trade to put on as a hedge. You've been long this stock sort of as it starts to bottom here, buying a put spread like that to sort of cover back in case it goes back down into that range makes a lot of sense. And the one thing that is a little bullish for XRT right now, though, it tends to wait a little bit towards like mid cap, not the super mega large cap names. And we kind of tend to like that. It seems like we're in that macro environment where that mid cap range kind of stocks are really starting to take off. If the market starts to move higher. Those names are going to go. It's underweight, those kind of names. Amazon only a 1% weighting, for example, in this sort of sector ETF. So that's one positive. But I like the structure of the, the put spread that was put on this week by whoever that retail trader was. Lots of ground covered there. Thanks very much, guys. For everything Options Action, check out our website and newsletter for sure. There's more Options Action coming up after this. Coming up, an earnings twofer. One now and one for later. First up, Disney on deck next week with a big change in returning CEO Bob Iger. Then, NVIDIA is already up 50% year-to-date, and it doesn't report for another couple of weeks. We'll help you prepare for both with options. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Welcome back to Options Action. Earnings season is in full swing, as you can see there. There's a ton of big names on deck to report next week. Mike Coe's got a call to action on one name that could see some magic when results cross the wires. Mike? Yeah, so we're taking a look at Disney, of course. You know, this is an interesting situation. This name is, uh, you know, it fell nearly 60% from the uh, peak to the trough and even net of the big, big upswing that we've seen. Recently, it's still down about 45% from those all-time highs that we uh, that we saw about a year ago. Now, when we're looking at the uh, earnings right now, the options market implying a move of just under 6% by the end of next week. And of course, there's a lot of things going on over there. We've seen the return of Bob Iger, uh, and obviously a little bit of trouble in the management uh, C-suite there. And on top of that, of course, we've also got uh, the pelts family in there kicking around, trying to get a board seat. So we have a little bit of activist activity going on. Now, Disney's prime, you know, their prime property has always been ESPN. Now, that does need to adapt a little bit to a streaming universe, but I still think that's a great property. And very importantly, their parks business right now is doing quite well. So on a valuation basis, if they can get back, not even to their peak EPS, which was about seven bucks a few years ago, but even if they get back to six and a reasonable growth rate, I think this is a name you could potentially own. However, I do think the way you want to do that is with calls. We did see some activity here. I was just looking out to April the 120 calls as a potential way to play for some upside. You're going to be risking a relatively small percentage of the current stock price to make a bullish bet that'll carry you well through earnings. 
All right, the 120 call is what we're looking at right now, Mike Co. On the screen here, you pay out about 375 in premium. So this is the kind of trade you're saying about buying a call, Brian. What's your take on Mike's trade? Is the call option route the way to go? Well, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm a buyer of options right now. I think the level of movement we've seen in the stock market and individual names warrants owning options rather than being a seller, especially in areas such as a consumer discretionary or a telecom type name such as Disney. It's had such a wild move, but that's been the momentum trade. You look at all the telecom type stocks and streaming type stocks, they've really had a huge move to the upside. And maybe taking a shot with a call that it continues is kind of interesting to me. I think it's a name that you can sort of carve out of that consumer discretionary, like I said, or telecom space rather than buying an ETF. Maybe this is one name to add to the portfolio. Do it with a call. See how earnings plays out. Only risk three, five, like Mike said. I kind of like the trade. All right, let's turn out to semiconductors. Brian's laying out a way to play a chip stock ahead of earnings later on this month. Brian, which name are you looking at? Well, NVIDIA is a name that's been on fire. I mean, the stock is up, you know, 35% or so in recent weeks. And uh, the rest of the chip sector really looks like it's gone through this head and shoulder bottoming process. And when you look at NVIDIA compared to the rest of cryptocurrency, this is sort of an interesting take here. It's moved lockstep with crypto. And sort of after the whole FTX shakeout, we've seen crypto sort of bottom and start to turn higher. Now, remember, a lot of NVIDIA chips are in a lot of the mining components and stuff like that. So that's maybe why these two things move together. But it's had such a huge run. It might be time to buy a put here and sort of hedge the position. And I think some puts are cheap enough. Earnings at the end of the month, at the end of February, I'm looking at the February 24th expiry for this option, buying the 200 put, paying seven bucks for this. Obviously, the break even $193 on the downside. You're only risking $7 here as a max loss. And I think if you've been long the stock, which I have for clients, buying a put or staying hedged here at this point, because it's either moving significantly higher based on its earnings, or it's going to sort of retrace some of those steps back down to that 190 level, and I'd want to use a put to sort of protect myself on the downside. All right, Carter Worth, what do the charts tell you? Is this the way to kind of do this? Is, is Are we expecting downside for NVIDIA? Well, I'm in the retrace camp, um, uh, just as you heard there. So if we look at the chart, what you'll see is, as is the case with so many instruments, you have this well formed bottom. And yet, to some extent, we've already sort of reached a price objective from that head and shoulders bottom where you're likely to hit your head. It's a double off the low, 108 to 219. Uh, take action. If you're long, take measures. Okay. Coming up on the show, we've got a biotech bet coming up. Our next guest has a way to play the pharma name on the back of earnings. We've got the trade when options action returns after this break. We're back in two minutes. Welcome back to Options Action. Check out shares of Regeneron jumping after an earnings beat this morning. The drug maker is now up nearly 9% so far this year on par with the broader market. And today's move has our next guest laying out a biotech bet on the name. Kelly Intelligence CEO Kevin Kelly joins us now to lay out that trade. Kevin, welcome to Options Action. Let's take us through why Regeneron's on your radar. Thanks, Dom. Really appreciate it. And one of the reasons why is actually the implied move today was actually three and a quarter percent when it was actually up four and a quarter percent. And if you take a step back and figure out why, it's because you've got a company that beat and raised off of earnings. So on the top line, you know, they actually, if you take out 
their COVID uh, antibody, they were up about 17% on revenues year over year. And then their earnings were actually up about 20%. So you've got great growth in the name and it's only trading at 18 and a half times earnings. And so going forward, this company has a great pipeline, right? They've got three stable drugs right now that are growing, and then they've got a deep pipeline, and then they have a catalyst in late August this year where they could get another approval through the FDA for one of their current in-place drugs. And so if you take a look at the stock, it's a great stock technically. It's trading above its 50-day, 100-day, 200-day, Uh, You look at it, it's hitting all-time highs. And so when you have a company like this, you want to use options to position going forward through their next earnings season. And that's because they've beat on revenues and earnings eight out of the last eight quarters. And so you can use a call spread to position yourself for a company in their next earnings season and not spend too much. And so that's why we actually like uh, what's going on with the 780-850 call spread. It's only gonna cost you $30. And so you can make 2.3 times the amount of capital you have. And it only costs you about 3.8% of the actual share price. And so vol is about 27 right here. and. The action today in the options market was actually over three times the amount of calls versus puts. So we think it's a great way to play earnings going forward in in a great company with a proven track record and great management team. All right. Kevin Kelly with the latest here from Kelly Intelligence and the trade on Regeneron. Thank you very much. Mike Coe, let's talk about your trade. This is it seems very risk defined, very kind of controllable. Is this the way to play Regeneron? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Something Brian said earlier in the show is that he finds that options are very reasonably priced here. And in an environment like that, I think, you know, even just going out and buying longer dated calls would be a fine way to play it. And as Kevin was pointing out, this is definitely growth at a reasonable price. I don't expect to see the kind of growth that we've seen in the company's history. I mean, look, the company has doubled its EPS over the course of the last five years, but it doesn't need to do that to be justifiable on the long side. I think another reason why he's probably looking at a call spread is just in terms of how much capital you're outlaying, not relative to the um, you know, the price of the stock necessarily, but just in terms of the fact that each share is a very high dollar price. So any options contract that costs over 50 bucks, you're looking at over $5,000 in premium. So this is a way that you can kind of cap that outlay. But I wouldn't mind buying calls outright either as a way to play it on the long side if I had the capital to deploy there. All right, calls, spreads, or calls outright. Carter Braxton Worth, what do you think about the charts there? Is Regeneron due for a move higher? Well, well, you heard it. It's bullish price volume correlation, impressive relative strength, um, making new 52-week highs. And also, it's been a real laggard that's now coming back to life. Regeneron's relative performance to the S&P 500 healthcare sector actually peaked eight years ago in 2015. And it's been on the men since, absolute and relative. But you see the chart there, just up and to the right, north by northeast, what's not to like? All right. North by Northeast is the chart that a lot of bulls do like. All right. Hold it right there, gentlemen. By the way, we do have a verdict that has been reached in the Tesla shareholder trial versus Elon Musk. We will bring it to you, by the way, as soon as we have what the actual verdict is. But again, the the verdict is in. We're just waiting on what the result is. Coming up next on the show, we've got your tweets and the final call as well. Keep it right here. Okay, welcome back, folks. We've got some breaking news on that Tesla trial verdict with Elon Musk. 
Phil LeBeau has all the details. Phil, what can you tell us? Dom, it is a victory for Elon Musk. The jury has found that he is not liable for the statements uh, that were that he tweeted out when he said he was considering taking Tesla private at $420 a share. And the jury has returned a verdict saying that he is not liable for those statements. So this is a complete victory for Elon Musk. And I think a lot of people may be surprised at this. I think many people thought, well, surely they will say he's responsible for what he tweeted out and he's responsible for any damages. These shareholders claim that uh, they in, uh, he inflicted on them uh, any losses, but that is not the way the jury sees it. The jury ruling in favor of Elon Musk and that tweet that was sent out in 2018, uh, essentially ruling in favor of him that he's not liable for any damages to shareholders who believe that he should have paid uh, money to them for damages that they say they suffered after the shares immediately popped up and then they came back down. So a victory for Elon Musk this afternoon. Don, we'll send right. it back to you. All right, Phil LeBeau again, Tesla and Elon Musk not liable, not liable in securities fraud over the case of that funding secured tweet. Thank you very much. We'll see you later on. Uh, Mike Coe, let's go to you on this one. I'm watching the after hours action in Tesla. Now, let's let's caveat this. This is a Friday afternoon pushing on to 6 p.m. We're not going to see a lot of activity. It's up fractionally right now. What does this mean for Tesla stock in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference for, for Tesla stock. I mean, this was really about uh, about Elon. And, and actually, I think this is the right outcome. Look, if you had bought it right after he made that tweet at its peak, you still would have had one of the best investments over the course of the next couple of years had you owned the stock. Regardless of what happened in the meantime, it went up about 16, 17 fold to its peak from that 2018 time frame when that tweet took place. So I, I think it's hard for investors to say that uh, this caused real damages if they were being whipsawed by their own day trades. I don't think it's going to impact the stock that much. I mean, at $600 billion in valuation, it is a car company. It is a little bit rich, but I do think this is the right outcome. Carter, we got 30 seconds left here. What do we think? Do we think the bottom is in for Tesla? Well, it's just a big ricochet, similar to NVIDIA, actually, 100% move off its low, and its decline was similar to NVIDIA on the way down. At some point, and I think that point is here now, you fade the ricochet. I'm a seller. Okay. Tesla and Elon Musk, again, not liable for securities fraud in that funding secured tweet case. You can get more details right now about that verdict on CNBC.com. That does it for us here on Options Action. We've got a market that's all kinds of crazy these days. Let's keep it right here. You got Mad Money with Jim Cramer starting right now. Have a nice weekend. We'll see you next week. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.